You're listening to Behind the Design Podcast, your digital version of co-working that takes you behind the scenes on how to create an authentic brand, build an intentional business, and live a life with purpose every single day. I'm your host and brand guru, Olivia Silvestro, equipping you with the tools to wake up every day doing what you love and make money doing it. I'm so excited you're here. Let's get to it. Hi, Kayla. How are you? I'm so great. How are you, Olivia? I'm doing really awesome. I'm so glad to be here chatting with you. I'm so excited as well. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. So I think it's going to be such a good conversation since we both like have such different um, roles that we each play in building a brand and online presence, but they go so much hand in hand. For sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. So some intro questions that I like to ask are good, bad, and woo woo. I'm not sure if you've ever like listened to my podcast, but, um, I just like to share like things that like some of your wins, um, some of your challenges that you're going through. And then if you're doing anything like weird and spiritual or some sort of like woo woo technique, um, I like to share that as well. So I'll go first. Um, Good is, um, like I, uh, things are just like really aligning. Like, I feel like I've been building my business for so long and now it's like really taking off and I'm just like building off of momentum and, um, just starting some really, really awesome client projects, wrapping up some also really amazing client projects. So it's just really fun. Like, I really feel like I'm an entrepreneur. Like, you know, those times when you're like sending invoices and signing contracts and doing the work and you're like, yes. Um, (laughs) so that's like a good thing. Um, and then challenge, um, I don't really have a challenge right now. It's definitely like doing the work-life balance. That's probably been the most challenging thing that I've been working on lately. Um, just like building a business, but then also keeping my sanity and then woo woo. I don't really have like a super woo woo, but I'm, I've been growing a garden for like literally three months. And finally things are actually growing. Like I have tomatoes and peppers and basil and all of the things. So that's really exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm kind of feeling the same way on the good as well. Um, I've been doing this for several years now and I'm feeling that momentum really finally starting to kick in, That's um, awesome. you know, and I had some success like early on in my business, but, um, you know, those challenges come up and I think, um, like you were saying that work-life balance can be really challenging. I know I've had, you know, plenty of late nights working on, you know, client websites and, uh, business projects and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I've really been feeling that momentum cook in, um, kick in. Did I say cook in? <laughs> um, Either way it's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, it's really funny too, cause I feel like, I don't know if you experienced this with, um, you know, requests and inquiries from your clients. Sometimes like, uh, you know, I'm going to get real honest here. Sometimes it'll be, um, especially during the summer like this, it'll be, you know, radio silence, it'll be quiet for a little little while. And then, you know, you'll get to maybe like halfway through the month and then everyone's like, oh my God, we're halfway through the year and, you know, we need our copy and we need to get ready. And yeah. you know, then I end up hearing from like tons of people in like a really short span of time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like booking out my calendar into August and September and um, you know, it gets really crazy. And it's almost like people have the same thought at the same time. Do you experience that with your clients too? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I think just like with COVID and everything, um, people like really saw the need and the urgency to get online. So it was like, okay, you usually have a three month process. Can we cut it down to two months? Or like, I need to do this now. And um, which is amazing. And I want to help everyone. I struggle with that because I want to help everyone. So I'm like, okay, you need a website. Your website right now sucks. So like, I will squeeze you in because we need to help you build your brand. So I totally have been feeling that like, you know, everyone says summer months are dead, blah, blah, blah. But the last few months have been like some of the best months of my career. Mine too. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't really expecting that with COVID and everything. Um, You know, I think early on, there was so much anxiety around like, what's Mm -hmm. going to happen to, you know, all of our businesses. And, you know, truthfully, it 
really feels like online business is the best place to be right now. Right. I completely agree. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So what about any challenges that you've been dealing with lately? Uh, challenges. Um, yeah, I think I've been, um, you know, it's really funny because sometimes my focus really kicks in later in the day. I'm not always like an early riser. Yeah. And, um, you know, afternoon and evening can be really great times for me. Sometimes like um, when my clients are like, you know, unplugging and getting away from the computer, I'm like, you know, eight, nine, ten o'clock. I'm like, let's do this. And I'm, <laughs> you know, really awake. Um, yeah, it really depends, but I, I do find I, I focus pretty well there. So, you know, I've currently like, I, you know, I try to shift myself early, earlier in the day, but then I'm like, you know, why fight it? You know? <laughs> right. And that's the beauty of entrepreneurship is like, if you're, you know, if you best work at 11, 12, 1 AM, like you do that because that's where, where you're going to thrive. So I think that it really is dependent on you and you get to choose that rather than someone say, you have to sit here from nine to five. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, woo woo. Um, so like in the last like two months, I've really gotten into meditation and you know, it's so funny. I used to be the kind of person who like was not into meditation at all and was like I don't get it um and now I'm like I it's so funny because I actually like moved around everything in my office and made a little meditation corner and um you know I have all my vision cards up on my vision board and I have um you know all my candles and um I meditate over there every day so um it's a little woo but I love it yeah no I love that I think I mean I talk about it a lot but I just think spirituality is so important for business and like just being in tune with yourself and being aware in order to show up as a leader and create content and and all of that stuff and express gratitude. I think it's like the most important part. Yeah, it's definitely huge. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. I love that. I know I, my boyfriend and I have been looking for a new house to buy a house for seriously so long. It feels like and I cannot wait to have a beautiful office and a meditation room and just like a place to call my own. I was thinking about all the offices I've had in my, since I started my career or my business. And I just can't wait to have my own beautiful one that I Instagrammable. <laughs> Sorry, that was my alarm. Can we cut that out of the oh, recording? <laughs> yeah, we can cut that out. <laughs> okay. I'm realizing I need to turn those off. Yeah, no, you are totally like, fine. I have like literally like snooze alarms on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know I'm the worst at snoozing. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. Awesome. So I really want to chat today just like about websites and, you know, what converts, what doesn't, um, and all of that stuff. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so what I want to start with is like copy. So people that I think that copy is the most daunting thing, um, for people when they're starting their website from scratch. So like, I get a lot of clients that are like, um, like, I, are you going to help with copy? Are you going to do this? And I do do a lot to like guide them throughout, but for someone that is a DIYer or they're doing it themselves, like where should they start? start if with their copy if they're doing it on their own yeah I definitely think the best place to start is to you know even take a a little step back from the website itself and think about your voice how do you want to sound how would you describe your voice I think getting in there and really thinking about what kind of voice you want to have is really important I have a lot of clients come to me and say that they want to have Um, like a high-end voice. A lot of my clients want to uh, move into a new stage of business and raise their prices. Um, And, you know, a lot of them are going through a major rebrand. So I think defining what that is, you know, what what does high-end mean to you? Um, What do your brand words mean to you? And what voice do you want to have? And then once you define that, you can start thinking about those other pieces. Like when you describe your business to people, what's that one line? that you say to people? How do you help people? Um, And I think in terms of the website, you know, actually laying it out, I think it can be challenging when you're DIYing, thinking about how to lay it out. Um, There's a lot of really good website copy workbooks out there. Um, I would recommend 
definitely like downloading one of those and starting there. Um, if you're not quite sure how to structure a web page for um, user experience and just getting those words out, um, you know, there are a lot of hallmarks. I'm going to say that again. There are a lot of hallmarks on website pages and something you know, really key to just look for is to start with those key sections. Um, you know, like every homepage has an about section and every homepage has, you know, that one liner and that main call to action at the top. So I think starting with what you know is the best place to start in terms of actually writing the website. Yeah, I love that. So do you have any examples of, or like any recommendations for the website copy workbooks we should download? Oh my God. I seriously don't. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I'm wondering if we should like include this question in here because like, to be honest, I don't. Um, yeah. Maybe we should cut this question out of here. Cause I'm like, I don't have any recommendations. No, that's totally fine. I just wasn't sure if there was someone that you would recommend or whatever. That's totally fine. Oh God. You know, and, and I'll be honest too. Like, um, yeah, I'm hoping the person editing this cuts this out, but um, I haven't done one myself because I feel like, to be honest, I feel like they're all kind of the same and I've seen the same things over and over again. Um, yeah. So I'm like, I haven't made one myself because I feel like it's, it's so done already and I would like to do one. I actually have it on as one of my goals to do one. Maybe I can talk about, I don't know. Do you think it would be a good idea? Maybe I can talk about how I'm like working on one yeah that's fine um I think going forward I like I really don't want to have to edit like have too much stuff edited out so if you just like don't know that's totally totally fine um but yeah yeah you can say that you were working on you're working on one so do you want me to re-ask that question yeah thank you I'm sorry yeah. no it's okay <laughs> it's okay I just like prefer it to be like super authentic and raw and I don't want to like have um like them like editing everything out because it's like totally fine. Like I, it's, if you don't know, then I'm sure you're going to ask me questions that I have no idea. So. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. I just kind of yeah. went, Oh shit. And I was no, like a no. little nervous. <laughs> yeah, no, you're totally fine. Um, okay. So do you have any recommendations for like website copy workbooks or resources that we could go to if we're like just starting out? I'm kind of curious for myself too. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm working on one right now um, that I'm planning to add to my resource library in the next yeah. couple of months. Um, so I don't have any specific recommendations, but one is coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I love it. And you have a blog, right? I do. I have a blog and um, of course, you know, the podcast, <laughs> they're kind of yeah. linked together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll link those in the show notes so that people can go to your blog. Cause I'm sure you have a bunch of good resources on there as well. Awesome. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Um, I actually see one of your blog posts that I'm looking right now and it says, um, how to write website copy with design in mind. So like, I think that people, that people, like they get so caught up in the design and like something that I do with my clients is they have to give me all of their website copy before we even start to design anything. And that's always my biggest recommendation when anyone's like, I'm starting a website, like, um, you know, what, like, what should I start with, blah, blah, blah. And I always say to write your copy first. So do you have any thoughts on that or, you know, how to write website copy with design in mind or vice versa? Or what's your kind of, um, like tactic with that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so huge. Yeah. I definitely do recommend that as well. And, you know, in the course of working with my clients, um, you know, a lot of them do come to me before the design has started. Um, yeah, often it'll be, um, it kind of depends because it'll either be like before branding has even started, um, or it'll be after branding and, you know, the colors, the logos, the submarks have all been determined, but the website just isn't started yet. So we've got a little bit of direction for the brand, but, um, we're waiting on copy to do the design. And that's where a lot of my clients find me. Um, yeah, so I definitely recommend, um, and I recommend this to people people as well who are working with website templates or even template customizations, um, start writing in Google docs, like definitely, um, don't try to be, um, writing it 
in your website or anything, because that will just lead to a lot of stress and a lot of tweaking and probably a lot of issues. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so definitely start writing it in Google Docs. Um, I know you asked me a second ago if I have a recommendation for like a website copy uh, layout workbook. And I'm thinking now Ashlyn Carter does have a really um, good one, kind of a Google Docs template. Um, okay. And that's a really good place to start, actually. I, I actually would recommend that people check that out for okay. um, for DIYing. That's a great place to start. Um, yeah, and definitely um, think about that voice before you go into that Google Doc. Think about how you want to sound. And also something important to do is to think about the capabilities that you want your website to have. Because something I definitely think about in the course of creating copy for a client is thinking about, you know, the layout and user experience and, you know, what what I kind of envision in my mind to be the layout of the website. And, you know, of course, what I give the designer is, um, you know, it's in Google Docs and it's, you know, it's very stripped down and it's just the words, but, um, you know, when they look at that, they can see the hierarchies and they can see this is a headline, the sub sub headline, this is a call to action. This is where we're talking about this, you know, and it's very split up into the different canvases on the page. So, you know, for example, you know, if you want to have a call to action above the fold, which I highly recommend, of course, mm -hmm. um, good user experience, um, you'll want to, you know, you'll want to write that in, or if you want to have, um, you know, sort of a speaking to the problem section above your about, then, you know, incorporate that in, you know, it's important to think about that and draft it out. And, you know, it's really important that copy comes before design because, um, you know, it does make the designers work more efficient as well. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you're fine because, you know, I know that like people who come to me who kind of already like have things laid out or have things figured out, um, or even have mock-ups for their website and they don't have the copy and then we end up like changing things, then like their designer has to go back in and change different things and it like creates more work for them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Everyone's like, can I send you this later? I'm like, no. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think that's a, that's a tough one for people. And sometimes I have people who find me who go like, I didn't know I need needed this, or, you know, maybe they weren't necessarily sure if they were going to DIY or not. And then they go, no, I can't do this. Um, yeah. or, you know, um, I recently, um, launched a day rate. I have people who come to me who have some copy written, but they really need some polish. Um, and they need to get it ready for their designer and they really can't wait around. So, you know, I have people coming in who are like, I just, I need some polish. I need some help. And, um, you know, it happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I totally get that. So how important do you think it is for, you're going to say very important. So how important <laughs> do you think that copy is for, you know, just overall marketing? Because I think people don't think about investing in a copywriter. Um, but it's obviously really important. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what my answer is. It's so important. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And something, you know, I definitely think that you can get out of working with a copywriter is that you can get copy that you can repurpose across platforms. So you can, you know, get in there and figure out what your one-liner is and what is your brand's personality? How does it sound? What's your brand promise? What's your mission? your, I almost said mission and vision and like, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you can go in there and kind of figure those key pieces out. So like when you're writing your Instagram bio, you know what to say. And yeah. when you're writing those Instagram captions, you know what to say, and you have just like a newfound confidence. So I think that, you know, it can be a big investment, but you know, for some people, it can be a one-time investment that lasts for years. Right. Like last year, whole career almost. Um, I do know some designers that only like will not take on a client if they don't have a copywriter. Yeah. I, I know some designers that way as well. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really smart. Like, I don't know, because that sometimes is the hardest part for me to get things from people is the copy. So if they have the help from a professional, then it just makes it easier. And then overall just makes everything more professional. It's like they're investing in a new brand and a website and all of that stuff. But then it really taking it up a notch with the copy. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm always recommending like uh, vice versa as well. I'm always recommending um, custom design to my clients as well. I know how transformative it can be um, both like in my business. It was actually, um, you know, when I first started out, I, I went through so many templates um, <laughs> and then, you know, really only just this year got like a custom website design for me. And I, I know how transformative it can be. And the clients that I've had that have done, you know, custom copy and custom design, it, it, it's amazing, honestly. So I do definitely recommend that um, because I think that that polish and that professional feel can really take you to the next level in your business. Well, and that's what I always say. Like if you like your, your website and your online presence is an extension of you. So like your website should serve as your best salesperson. So someone should be able to go to your website, learn all about you, know all of the things, and then book a call with you without having to DM you on Instagram, get on the phone with you, email you a bunch of questions. Like if your website says it all, does it all, looks beautiful, has great copy, then you will literally like, you will up level your whole brand and more like my clients who invest in our custom package, like they literally make their investment back times two within like the first month. Yeah. I've seen that with clients as well. And I've really seen people's businesses just blow up because they have great copy and great design and you know, they just have such a confidence behind that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's, it's, it's huge for sure. Um, Okay. Awesome. So as far as like specific pages, so I talk a lot about having a signature program. So I work with a lot of like coaches and wellness businesses. Um, and I have a formula for designing, um, you know, sales pages or a signature program. So do you have a specific formula that you can like walk us through on like a sales page or a program page? Oh gosh, silence. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh my God. No, I'm like, sometimes I get on the spot and I like, I get nervous. No, you're totally fine. I feel like, God, I'm sorry. I know you don't want to cut too many things out. I, I actually do have something really great in my Google drive for like, um, like if we're talking about a sales page, I actually do have something I could pull up. Yeah. Do you have like, do you always, do you always follow the same formula or do you like, or is it client dependent or do you like know where certain things need to be on the site or certain things that should be somewhere? Or is it like, oh, okay, this client is different. So they need to have this here. Yeah, I would say I definitely start with a base. Um, like I will say with, um, you know, Hallmark website pages, like home about services, contact, you know, those things typically have hallmarks. Like for example, um, I think I was mentioning this a few minutes ago, like, um, you know, on a homepage, I definitely recommend having that main call to action above the folds, um, you know, before the user even has to scroll down. Um, so, you know, I'll typically have like headline call to action, Sometimes a sub subhead, if I feel like the client's in a specific niche where things need to be explained and it's just not immediately clear from the headline, like what it is that they do. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, typically below that, I will do kind of a, you know, speaking directly to the client kind of problem section. Um, about sections are always a must. Um, you know, and sometimes there'll be some different sections in between that, you know, if people have, um, you know, their blogs, they'll want to share that if they have different service offerings or, you know, they are in several different, you know, kind of niches. Sometimes I have people come to me who have really big personal brands and they're really needing to segment like they, um, like I have a client right now who is like, you know, she's like wellness professional and she does, um, boot camps, but she also does, coaching and she has a planner and she has so many different kinds of things. And it's just really important on that website to be able to segment those out and make it clear, like her personal brand, but then also like here are the different offerings that I have. And then something I find that people always kind of miss out on, on, um, on, you know, these different pages is kind of that last decision line at the bottom of the page, kind of like, mm -hmm. um, you know, headline really calling them to take that next step. Sometimes people kind of just like end the page and they mm -hmm. don't have that like, here's your next step kind of thing. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes people scroll down to the bottom of the page 
it's like, okay, now what? And right. sometimes, you know, it, it depends on, you know, the designer's choice for the website, like whether, um, you know, they're going to have like a hamburger menu navigation, or if they're going to have traditional navigation, is it going to scroll with you? Is it not? Um, is there going to be navigation in footer? You know, and it really depends on the website and, you know, it's different for everybody because, right. you know, it, there can be different aesthetic choices made. Um, but definitely that last decision line at the bottom, I find people really miss that one a lot. So what do you think should be there then, like, say on an offerings page, like a yeah. book discovery call or something? Yeah, yeah. So um, for like a like a services offerings kind of page, I definitely um, try to keep people away from being like pricing menu because so often people come to me and like what they were trying to work on for their services page is kind of a pricing menu and they'll have like all their bullets for their like service description and their price or their, you know, starting price or whatever. And I'm like, mm, this can't be just like a pricing menu. Um, this really needs to be an experience. So definitely like on the services page, you can't miss out speaking to that client problem. And if you don't know what it is, you got to ask people, you got to ask people, or, you know, if you've been doing it for years and you have tons of testimonials, go back and look at those and see what people were saying. Like, what were they worried about um, before they started working with you? What did they feel excited about after working with you? Like, those are so important and definitely not something to miss out on. Um, I think people... I think definitely in this industry, there's like a fear around uh, selling. And I think people think if they like speak too much to the problem that like, they're like being terribly salesy right. and people are like afraid to do that. And it's like, no, people are coming to your website. I tell people this all the time. Like people are coming to your website. Like they want to buy from you. They want your offers. They want to see what you're offering and, and they want to know if it's for them or not. Right. So speaking to that problem can help them know, like, is this for me? Like, am I the person for this offer or not? And it can right. be really good um, criteria for them as well. So definitely speaking to that problem. And then service descriptions are very key. Don't just have bullet points. Speak to those services. Tell us what they are. Tell us the differences too. Because I think, um, you know, and, and this is almost, you know, a very different thing, like, pricing your services and identifying what services you should be offering, kind of packaging those up. Those, I mean, that's hard enough on its own. That takes a lot of like, you know, business savvy and a lot of consideration in terms of like, where are you pricing it? Where are you in the market? Whatnot. But like once that's kind of figured out, um, you know, I often come in and I'm like helping people like name their offers in keeping with their brand and their voice and kind of like what they're going for with each one, you know, yeah. especially if as like three, four packages, um, they might need help naming them, even though they've um, done the pricing and kind of determined what's included. Um, definitely making sure people know the difference between each offering is very important because it's very possible. Like you can definitely, if people don't know the difference, you can like cannibalize your offers, meaning that like you can um, make one sound too similar to another one. And then people like aren't understanding like what the difference is. So I think segmenting in that sense is very important on a services page. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's super helpful because I think that the services is a lot of times like the part of the website that um, like needs the most help or people like aren't clear about what exactly they offer and all of this stuff. So um, yeah, that's really, that's really good. So as far as navigation, so you mentioned that um, a little bit ago, what do you find is like the best, most converting navigation? So like my biggest pet peeve and the biggest mistake I see on websites is people having like the craziest navigation um, where it like links to the same things. They don't make sense. Like it's, it's just all over the place or they have like a hundred tabs. Um, What's your recommendation as in that as far as like user experience? Oh my goodness. You, it's so funny because in asking a question, you answered one of my questions oh. for you <laughs> in saying like, what, what's the biggest mistake you see? I see that too. People do definitely make a really big mistake with their navigation. You know, people have like crazy, like drop downs and, yeah. um, you know, sometimes I end up coming in with them and having to, um, you know, I've had several clients where we've had to kind of like rein it in and like join different pages together and simplify and go, okay, this page and this page is like the same thing. 
saying, let's, you know, close the gap and put those together. Yeah. Yeah. I would say in terms of navigation, like I'm looking at my own site right now, I have uh, seven links in my navigation. That's honestly, I'm pushing it. That's the max. Yeah. I really (laughs) wouldn't do more than that. Five is really good. Six is really good. Um, I wouldn't go more than that on the navigation. I don't like drop downs. I just find personally that they're just kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, and I think that like people might not, it might be confusing, you know, especially too. like, I've seen people have navigation where like the main link, like in the navigation, you know, the people will kind of mouse over it and then like three different pages pop up. But then the one that's linked to the navigation, you can't even click on. Yeah. And it's like, why can't you click on it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's a big one yeah no I completely agree and like that's a huge mistake that I see is the navigation and then another big one I see is the contact page so like it's super hard to get in touch with you and that's like my biggest pet peeve ever is like having a contact page that's super confusing I can't fill out the form or the form is like super long and they're literally asking me for like my medical history Like I, you know, the most important thing is to get people on the phone, like get their email and then book a call. So if you have a super confusing way to get in touch with you, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. I feel the same way about contact forms. I've seen people have like these giant, massive forms. I mean, it's basically like the questionnaire that they would give their client after they've booked. I've seen very long, very, very long um, questionnaire like contact forms. And, you know, I truthfully, I think people probably do that because they're trying to like, I, I, I see that. And I think either, Ooh, like they have a bad user experience or they're actually like so booked and they're trying to like get people who aren't ideal clients away. And they're actually trying to get them to abandon the page. And they're trying to like only get with their ideal people who are like super excited about them. Although that being said, I do, for most people, I do recommend like a shorter form. I know like on my contact page, my form is very short. Like four of my questions are like drop down menus. Yeah. Um, I really only have like, besides like name and email, I really only have like one field where they're actually like typing, you know, paragraph or two. Yeah. And the rest is like drop downs. You know, I, I definitely believe in keeping it simple. I think people shouldn't have to like fill out a questionnaire just to get access to you. Yeah. Um, I do think that there's like a good medium. I do believe that you should have questions that, that, um, you know, the clients and people that you want to work with, like, it's really important for me to, for potential clients to know the investment of working together, um, before getting on the phone, because I've gotten so many people like, Oh, I thought a logo was a hundred dollars. And it's like, what? no, now I just wasted 30 minutes on the phone. So, um, it's like, you have to think about the types of people that you're getting on the phone. And then if they're all not dream clients, like, definitely, you know, reword your copy and your branding probably, but then also make sure that your contact form is, um, is filled out properly. Yeah. I think in terms of like the project budget, that's one of my drop downs. I think that that's a really great way to see where they are. And it kind of affects my recommendations too, because, you know, if they say I can only spend this much, it's like, okay, I can send you this to this offer. And if you can spend this much, we have more options. Um, yeah, that budget form is really huge. Even if it's just a drop down, it can be something very simple. Um, something I also find too, is like, if you do end up having a shorter contact form, like studies show that, um, that boosts conversions to have a bit of a shorter one. Uh, but if you do do that, you may want to have some follow-up questions. Like, um, if you're finding that you're kind of getting people who are like, um, you know, what am I trying to say? Like, <laughs> it's going to have follow-up questions. I think if you're going to have a shorter form, I think that's kind of like the, the balance or the compromise between the two. It just really depends on what your goal is. Are you ready to finally have a website you're proud of? A website that showcases your services, attracts your ideal clients, and allows you to finally charge what you're worth? Our Show It website templates are plug and play, completely customizable and designed strategically for coaches and wellness businesses to make an impact online. And when I say completely customizable, I mean it. Fonts, colors, logo, photos, literally everything can be changed to fit your brand and vision. With a video library full of step-by-step videos, you can have your website up and running before you know it and can ditch the one you currently have. Head to currentdesignstudio.com to shop your brand new website and use code DESIGN15 for almost $90 off. Yeah, 
no, I completely agree. So, um, as far as this is perfect. So as far as like talk, speaking to your ideal client. So this is obviously like the most important thing and it's the foundation of branding and then also copywriting. So do you have any tips on speaking directly to your ideal client through your messaging? Oh man. Yeah. I think knowing, definitely knowing what they struggle with is, is pretty big. And also, um, you know, just kind of digging in and thinking about clients you've worked with who have been really fantastic. I think sometimes when people are creating a brand voice, they'll create these really like theoretical, uh, client profiles and they're like not based on real people. And they're almost kind of like making up like this person shops like here, here and here. And it's like completely made up. And it's, well, I mean, have you actually gone and like looked at past clients and see like what they're interested in? And, um, you know, I, I honestly think it's really great too. You can think about like, um, what kind of different thought leaders they resonate with or, um, you know, who they follow on Instagram or, um, I always assume everyone's on Instagram, but maybe your ideal client isn't. So knowing where they hang out and knowing what they struggle with and knowing how they want to hear from you. And, um, you know, I think something important too is thinking about, um, you know, and this is a little bit of a weird one. I hope this even answers your question, but almost kind of thinking about like how they would want to hear about something from you. Because I think, you know, something that I sometimes hear, even with people who book with me, and, and this always gives me a little bit of a laugh, people go, people don't read anymore. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's really fun to hear from, you know, my clients. That's so great. Um, no, yeah. but I think what people mean, I think that a lot of people value being very concise. And I think that that is huge. Um, you know, people don't have a lot of time shortening attention spans, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that some people are actually like afraid of like letting their copy just run. Like if you have a, if you have great copy and it reads really well, people will keep going and people will keep reading. And so I think just knowing like how they want to hear from you, like, are they willing to read long Instagram captions? Because I follow some people who have like, Instagram captions that are like freaking novels and right. then follow other people who like do like cute little little like one to two lines emoji hashtags you know so I think it just depends on like knowing your ideal client knowing how they're going to want to hear from you because some some people have ideal clients who like they will read those long pages like uh, you know like a long form sales page or something like that for yeah. an offering and then sometimes I get other people who are like nobody reads sales pages like let's just do a short landing page and you know it really just depends on you know the client and their ideal clients and their needs so yeah, I think thinking about that sure. is important so if someone is you know working on updating their website and they're like, okay, I know who my ideal client is, blah, blah, blah. Um, where do you think they should start? So like, do you recommend like storytelling or, you know, where, how do they go about like adding interesting copy to their website? Yeah, I definitely say, um, honestly, I think a lot of people here have probably read, uh, building a story brand by Donald yeah. Miller. That's a great place to oh, start. Good. Um, that's a great book, um, very digestible tips, very good advice there. So I think that's a great place to start. Um, you know, cause that's really the first step in that framework. Um, a character has a problem who needs a guide, um, transformation, blah, blah, blah. So I think that, you know, if you've already got that first step, that's a really great place to start. Just mapping that out, that framework and just kind of laying it out. Um, that's something that I do for all of my clients, um, when we're working on their brand voice, definitely very important. Um, so I think that's, that's a great place to start if you're doing it yourself. Yeah. So really identifying the pain points, like their struggles, like why basically telling them why they need to hire you. Like what I always say is someone should go to your website. They should read your sales page, your offerings, whatever it is. And be like, Oh my God, she's literally the best person for this job. Like she is the one that I want to work with. She's speaking to my soul. Like that's who like, they should feel like you are completely taking care of them. Yeah, for sure. And like the reason that, you know, you hire a copywriter um, versus DIYing and, you know, don't get me wrong. Some people can 
DIY. So I think it's awesome. Like if you're able to do that, but I think what you can get out of hiring a copywriter is like, you start to hear from those ideal clients who go, you're the one. Um, like, um, we were just talking about contact forms earlier. Like I have something on my contact form. That's like, how did you hear about me? And then also, um, like, where are you in your search? And I have still shopping around pretty sure it's you. And I want to work with you. And you know, you want to be getting those. I want to work with you kinds of clients. You want to get it. You want to be getting those people who are like, yes, I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah, exactly. And all of that, you know, getting on the phone with people that aren't hell yes clients are, um, is just a waste of your time. And, you know, you can do that through having a solid brand and a, um, great copy. Definitely. Yeah. Design is like so huge in that too. Yeah, for sure. So what are some like mistakes that you see people making in their copy? Like there's one thing of like not having great copy. Like if you're a creative entrepreneur, like you're probably decent at writing. Um, but what are like actual mistakes that people make that are like big copywriting no-nos? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah. So to go back to, um, you know, since we were just talking about the story brand framework, um, something that I do find sometimes people get a little confused about, I think that that's a very accessible framework for DIYing, but something to keep in mind is it's not necessarily like a framework for a web page. I've sometimes had people come to me who almost kind of like, they get the, the heart and the, the concept of that story brand framework. But sometimes I have people come to me who kind of think like, this is how my webpage should be laid out is it should be laid out exactly as this framework is. And so I think something key with that is to remember that if you're going to do that, it's more on the brand voice and like the brand development side and thinking about your voice. So it's definitely not like a map for a webpage. I do yeah. see people believing that a lot. And I think because that book is like so um, ubiquitous and everyone kind of knows that I have so many clients who come to me who yeah. say that they know. It. And I've, it's so funny. I've even incorporated it into my brand photos so I can be like, see, look, I read this book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just so ubiquitous. Um, so I think definitely keep that in mind when you're writing your copy is it's not a map for a web page. Um, sometimes that happens and um, totally okay, but um, definitely more of a brand development side. Um, and I think too, um, definitely big mistakes I see as well is people maybe not necessarily like thinking through their headlines, um, being trying to be like really cute or clever instead of clear. I think yeah. there's a compromise you can strike between the two. Like when people say clear, I don't think that necessarily means you need to be like super, super, super plain. If that's not your brand voice, I think, you know, sometimes I have people come to me who are like really bold and sassy and like, yeah. And they want to like be super bold in their copy. And so, you know, yeah. I think that there's like a balance between like, um, being clear and like being in your voice, um, and, and sharing that. So I think definitely don't be afraid to be clear and know that you can still say it in your voice. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So just like being, trying to be not clear or just not being clear, not trying to be, but just not being clear. Um, I see that a lot too, where it's like, wait, what do you do? How do you help me? Like, what's the transformation? And it's like, be as clear as you can. Cause you know, obviously it's great to be cute and all of that stuff, but you want to, you know, you want it to be really clear and easy for people to follow. Definitely. And I think sometimes people get really stuck too, like, especially when they're writing their bios. Like, I think that you know, what has been popular in years past, like I drink a lot of lattes and I'm a tea drinker and I'm a coffee drinker. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with like incorporating that, but I think people get like really stuck on like being super cute and like super fun with like the lattes that they're drinking. And it's like, you know, I, I definitely like when I'm working with clients, I'm trying to get them to be like, okay, like your bio can be about you, but definitely like do focus it on that client, like your bio you can kind of extend it more on the about page, but like on your homepage, try to think about like what your client needs to know about you to know that you're like perfect for this. Right. And focus on the transformation and maybe skip the latte reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause I think that people like to know like what mistakes they're making or like, Oh shoot, I have that in my bio. I should take that out. Um, or whatever it is. So that's really helpful. Yeah. I think it's definitely like really great to be able to, you know, do an audit of your, um, your copy and, um, you know, your brand as well. Like every, um, you know, every couple months, every year, like just really checking it out. I know on, um, on my blog and I'll link this in my show notes is, um, I have a website audit checklist that you can definitely go through and, you know, kind of assess how your website is working. Like if, if you launched a couple months ago, you've been out for a while. Um, you can definitely use that to kind of check and see how things are working. And if they're not working, you can tweak them. Yeah. I love that. That's great. I'll link that in our show notes too. Um, okay. So I have one last question and, So social media, you know, we use social media platforms to, you know, market and get, and I think a mistake people think is like, oh, I don't need a website because I have Instagram. That's the biggest lie ever. So how (laughs) can we get people or like, do you have any suggestions on messaging and content creation or writing captions to get people off of social media and onto your website? Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And I think Instagram, I feel like that's where everything is happening lately. So much is always happening on Instagram and it's a great place to be. And it's awesome. I post there a lot too. Um, but yeah, I think you're definitely right, Olivia, that like, we do need to get people onto our websites and an Instagram isn't enough these days. I mean, when everybody has an Instagram and you know, it's, it's, you know, such a crowded space, getting people to your website where you can speak to them more personally and get them into your um, you know, your sort of, you know, framework and your, your system, um, is, is really great because you can get them on your email list and you can get them contacting you and, um, yeah. you know, downloading stuff. So that's always really great. Yeah. And I think for Instagram, um, you know, what I always advise is just having a really healthy balance of content on there. Like, you know, it's okay to, you know, have a little bit of fun and in their Instagram stories, like pull people, like what's your favorite, this or favorite that, or, um, you know, showing behind the scenes and that can be really fun and just, you know, relationship building. Um, and you can have Instagram posts that, you know, aren't selling anything and they're just kind of, um, you know, talking about pillars of your brand or, you know, different beliefs that your brand has, or, you know, problems that, you know, people can solve and and helping them and stuff like that. So kind of that, that guided content, but then definitely you can, you can hard sell on Instagram. You can do it. You just can't do it in every post. Um, and something that you can do, um, you know, you can always do the classic link and bio, go check it out kind of thing. Um, something you can also do, um, like for my, uh, day rate offering, like I recently did something where like I was trying to get people on my wait list, but I didn't want to create a lot of extra steps to get them to like go to my bio and then click on on the bio and then join the email list. And there's like three different steps. I kind of just went, yes, you know, say yes. Like if you want me to email you and I can let you know when this offer goes live. So I think cutting down the steps, um, can be a great way to get people and, you know, even getting people DMing you for more information. And then you can go, Oh, great. Here's the link on my website to that information. So having a website where you have those pages with the specific information can be so awesome because even if you can get people like, you know, you can go in your stories and be like, DM me if you have questions and they'll go, Oh, I have a question or what does it look like? And you can kind of go, okay, well, here's my website where you can check that out and learn more information. Yeah, for sure. I, that's what I say all the time too. Like as far as like contacting and booking a call, it's like, okay, if you're always DMing people saying, does this time work for you? Does this time work for you? It's like, all you have to do if you have a great website with a contact form is someone messages you and you say, here is the link to my contact page. Um, you know, you can book the call right directly on here rather than eliminating all of that, like back and forth and all that stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, okay. I'm not sure if I have any more questions for you. Do you have anything that you want to add just about like copy and, you know, speaking to your ideal client and really converting visitors to into high paying clients? Yeah. I mean, I think something to definitely think about, and this is actually one of my questions for you. Um, you have a really great Instagram post on this. And, you know, I was looking at it and going, oh, we should talk about this. <laughs> um, you know, you were talking about like the movers, the shakers, the impact makers, the ones who are trailblazing. 
Mm -hmm. Um, you know, finding what's missing in your industry and filling the gap and speaking to it. I think that that's definitely a very important function of branding and design and copy. And so I think that's definitely very big. Like when you're going through a rebrand, that is so huge to be thinking about that. And, you know, even if you've never thought about it before, even if you've been doing this for years and you think, you know, you know, really stepping into that power and going, this is the gap I fill. This is what I'm doing differently. And I've been doing this for years. And, you know, now I'm going to articulate and I'm going to tell people that that's what I'm doing. I think that's so huge. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's like what I say a lot, because a lot of my clients are trailblazers, you know, they're um, health coaches, they're nutritionists, they're working with, um, they're, they have new, you know, models of or different formulas and techniques that from people that they've learned from, but then they were like, I think that this is better. And that's kind of what entrepreneurship is, right? Like, it's you being like, okay, I see a gap in the market. There's no career for it. So I'm just going to make it. And for me, that works with coaches and wellness businesses. Like, you know, a lot of people now are like working in the wellness space and all of that stuff. And like, not to say that they're not right or anything, but you know, what sets me apart and my team is that we literally live it. Like, we are, you know, I meditate with crystals on my face. Like I have a personal trainer, like, you know, I do breath work. I'm a yoga instructor. Like we literally live that. So I'm able to connect with my clients so, so well, who are also, you know, doing those crazy practices as well. Um, oh, I love that. That's yeah. So awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I know one of my questions for you is like, what do you find are the unique needs of wellness professionals when it comes to branding and web? Yeah. I'm, I think for, you know, coaches and wellness businesses, um, like coaches specifically, they don't like to talk about themselves. So like when people come to me, their websites are either like, all about them or they're like, I, or all about their client. And they're like, I don't want to talk about myself, but it's really important for coaches to talk about themselves because people want to hire someone that's gone through it. So if you're working with a life coach or a health coach or a personal trainer, they typically have their own story of transformation. They weren't just like, Oh, I'm going to do this because it's going to make me money. Like they are truly, truly passionate about what they're doing because they changed their own life. So sharing that story and their story and method of transformation is what connects them with their ideal client. And that, you know, puts them, you know, they have, say someone's a busy mom and they, you know, they had a transformation of like going from overwhelmed to, you know, living a life that they can enjoy and spend more time with their kids. Like another mom is going to see that and be like, that's what I want. Like she did it. I want her to share with me how I can do it too. So that's something that's really, really important is sharing your transformation and your story. That's awesome. Yeah. I find that like some people, um, like you were saying, are like afraid to talk about themselves. Like they've heard like it should be about your client. And while that's true, I think that sometimes puts people in this like analysis paralysis where they're like, I can't say anything about myself and I'm scared. Yeah. And it, it like freaks them out a little bit. And it's like, no, like you should talk about yourself and you should share aspects of your story that people are going to benefit from. And, you know, especially if you're a coach and they're going to be learning from you and you're giving people advice, like they want to know that you've lived it so that they can trust your advice. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I'm not saying that, you know, it's got to be all over your website, your story <laughs> and stuff, but you should have an about page. That's like, this is what I did and I can help you do it too. For sure. And so like when you're working with uh, wellness professionals, like what are your tips um, that you typically give them for having a solid brand? Like what's the foundation? So the foundation is, you know, we start with brand strategy. That's the entryway of working together. So we do like positioning, messaging, all that stuff. And that all stems from ideal client. 
So we asked them like, who is their ideal client avatar? What are the services that they're providing? What's your vision for the business? Because we say we're not just, you know, we're not just designing a logo, we're designing a whole brand. And the foundation of the brand that sets everything forward is, you know, your values and where you're wanting to grow in five years, because we don't want to design you something that doesn't fit you know, where you're going to be. Like, for example, we have a client that we're working with right now who, when we started with her, she had, she was working at someone's, someone else's practice. And she was like, but my vision is to go off on my own to like have my own practice and all this stuff. And halfway through, she was like, you know, halfway through her branding, she was like, I'm going off on my own right now. And if she didn't, you know, if we weren't planning for that and we weren't doing that, we would have had to start over. So like knowing the goals, knowing the growth of the business is like really important. And then really aligning those goals with your vision and your mission. So that's where we start with like ideal client and like really getting clear on like your goals and your overall like five, 10 year vision for the business. Oh, that's so huge. I love that. Yeah. Like when people are working with me on that sort of brand messaging, um, especially like if people, I have people come in who are doing uh, templates, that can be a really great place for them to start too. I find that I do a lot of that in my brand messaging guides as well. It's so important to be aligned and to be on the same page with your vision and your goals. Um, and so like, after you do that, like, what's the next step in branding? Like, like, what do you find that um, follows that? Yeah. Um, one more thing about just like the overall up leveling. So like, yeah, a lot of people that do come to us, they are, they've been in business for a year or two. And they're like, okay, I am ready to up level. Like I am ready to um, you know, realign, like get everything, you know, together. And that's usually, you know, and yeah, like an overall up level of their brand. Um, so really getting clear on like, usually after a year or two, you're like, okay, this is what my vision is. Like, this is where I want to go. Um, so that's like really helpful. Um, but what was your next question again? <laughs> yeah, like what's the next step after that? Like once you um, start the branding process and you're uh, getting into the visuals? Yeah, so after, so we present the whole brand strategy together. So we have like the goals and the mission and all of that stuff. And then we also put together a color palette and a mood board. And the client provides like, um, fills out a whole questionnaire and does a um, Pinterest board and all of this stuff. So they provide us, you know, with a lot of just like visuals that we can then turn into a mood board and a color palette because the mood board, although they're like really cute and fun, um, they're also really important because it sets the tone. So like if I'm reading, you know, your questionnaire and I'm thinking of something like sexy and sophisticated, and then I send you the mood board and you're like, wait, this is not the direction that I wanted. Then we didn't spend time on the logo, um, and like the rest of the branding. So we send the whole brand strategy to at once with like keywords, um, you know, uh, a summary about who you are, where you fit in the market, your competitors, and then color palette and mood board. Um, and then after that, we go into the brand design. So we do one concept method. So we send one concept of a brand that really encompasses your whole visuals. Um, and typically that gets approved the first time. I love that. I love the one concept method because I feel like there can be so much decision fatigue. Like, you know, if that client is getting, you know, so many different options for their brand, it's almost like really overwhelming. And, you know, just seeing like, this is what we think is the best way. I, I just love that design philosophy. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, you know, that's why we, why we started doing that was because you know, every designer has a favorite. So a lot of designers, you know, I start, I also did this too. Like we started with three, you know, presenting three logos and then, you know, you have a favorite of those, like every designer does. Um, and then the client's like, can I see this font? Can we try this? Can we do this? And then they end up picking your favorite anyway, where mm -hmm. you could present a full logo presentation with, you know, mock-ups and patterns and really get the client to visualize, you know, what it is that you're creating like in action. Cause like when you see a logo, just like on a white piece of paper, it's like, okay, what is this? Like, <laughs> Where do I apply right. this? Like, well, how do I use it? 
So having them be able to visualize through the mock-ups and all of that stuff, it's really, really helpful. And then it also just shows your expertise. It's like, you're the expert. Tell me what my logo should look like. Like, these are my ideas. Make it into something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's so huge to be able to see things in context. I think sometimes the challenge is, um, you know, if people can't see it in context, they can't necessarily like imagine themselves with it. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely like so critical. Um, yeah. And I was wondering too, like, what are your best tips? Like when you have clients or, you know, even people who are, you know, DIYing or even just starting the process, what are your best tips for uh, cultivating a Pinterest board that sets the tone? Yeah. So like words and fonts and colors, that's really helpful. Um, photos. Um, and then like some websites. So we want to know, like, do you want a lot of white space? Do you want it to be spunky? Do you like bold serif fonts? Or do you like, um, you know, softer sans serif fonts? Like, what is it that you're drawn to? Um, because we need to know what you like and you don't like. So just really putting a lot of things in there. So like, we guide our clients through the whole Pinterest um, cycle and are like, this is what you should put. Like, please comment here and there and all of that stuff. For sure. And I know earlier too, like we talked a little bit about um, like when we were talking about navigation, like um, that that's a very common mistake. What are some other common mistakes that you see people make when it comes to their brand or web? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest mistake that I see is, well, number one, thinking that a brand is just a logo. Like your brand is not a logo. It's everything that you stand for. It's your messaging. Um, it's your photos, it's your copy. It's literally everything. Um, so thinking that, oh, it's fine if I just create a logo, um, you know, or, whatever, like the whole branding experience, it, it's all should be cohesive and recognizable because that's the whole point, right? Like you're making a brand, um, that stands for something like Lululemon, like that's all about the lifestyle. And like the reason you buy $125 leggings is because you feel great. You feel like you can go to yoga and like do a handstand and like be a part of that lifestyle that like yogi community. Um, and that's a huge mistake is people are like, oh, you know, I, I can do the logo by myself or I, I'm pretty good at Canva. Oh my God. <laughs> like that's like a huge problem. Like hire the expert because like in our branding package, like we create Instagram templates and Instagram highlights and business cards and thank you cards and, um, you know, letterhead and all of that stuff to really establish yourself as a professional. Um, because if you think about it, like, why do you buy anything? Or why are you attracted to anything? It's because it's aesthetically pleasing. But then also, we are conscious consumers. So you're standing for something. Um, so that's like a big mistake that I see. And then a lot is on fonts. Like, <laughs> stop changing your fonts. You have like three fonts in your like for your brand. And those are the only fonts that you should be using. Like, don't switch up the fonts. Don't like, stray and like think that another Canva template is pretty like stick to the fonts like down to the kerning of the letters so like the letter spacing between the letters like you should know whether those are to space or not so fonts is like my biggest pet peeve <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure and I think like what you were saying about Canva templates templates it's so easy to get like shiny object syndrome and be like "Ooh, like this is so pretty like you know someone has like a new template or a new design or something like that and it's like you gotta like you gotta stay on brand yeah and stay on track right <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah and I know um so my last question for you is, um, you know, since you are in the wellness industry and you were talking about mindset earlier, what's your best mindset tip for entrepreneurs? Um, hmm, that's a good one. Um, I would say like not comparing. So it's so easy to compare yourself to what other people are doing. Um, other people's quote unquote successes, um, other people's Instagram followers, other people's, you know, copywriting skills, design skills. It's so easy to do that because it's so noisy. Um, so my biggest mindset tip is to really channel inward and trust your expertise. 
Um, you know, I don't sleep with my phone in my room. I, the first thing I do in the morning is like meditate and journal and express gratitude. And when I feel like I'm in the right headspace, then I go on Instagram. Um, because it is really easy if you're not getting an influx of leads to be like, Oh my God, this person's killing it. Like, Oh my God, you know, she's another designer and she's making all this money. It's like, well, how do you know that first of all? And second of all, you know, you're not going to show up in the proper headspace. Um, if you are comparing or you have a, you know, a, a mindset of lack where gratitude is the best practice to, you know, be grateful for where you are and the clients that you currently have and, um, you know, all of that stuff. So definitely not comparing and then, yeah, expressing gratitude too. you know, it's so easy You can be in the shower and just say things that you're thankful for. Um, but that's the most important part because you have to remember where you came from, you know, like three years ago, if someone would have told me that this is what my business would have been, I would have literally laughed in your face. Um, but I also at the same time, don't know how I even got here. So <laughs> it's same. expressing that <laughs> gratitude. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I relate to that so much. I, I meditate in the morning too. And I think, you know, focusing on appreciation and what's working in your life can really, um, you know, help you cultivate abundance instead of that scarcity and that lack. Um, yeah. And something that I really like to tell people too, is that like, you know, good brand isn't like a popularity contest that like attracting those clients doesn't need to be like, um, you know, well, she's doing this and she's doing this and she's doing this. Like it can be like, you know, trusting your expertise and trusting, um, how you can help people in your unique way. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that's so important to remember because it is so easy to get caught up for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. So I think that's it. This was so helpful. Um, I'll be sure to like link all of those, um, you know, resources and stuff in the show notes, but this was so much fun. Yeah, this was super fun. I'll be sure to link yours as well. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day and thank you so much for being here. You too. Thank you so much. Bye, yep. Olivia. Bye.